We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. the science of magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, www.scienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda This hour we'll be exploring Healer Within. Everything expresses according to frequency, and frequency dictates reality. Each human body produces its own unique range of frequencies at any given time and in any given circumstance. Every individual has a set of harmonics particular to their expression at the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level of their auric field. The frequency of a person varies according to diet, level of emotional processing, belief systems, and activity. Frequency is the key to physical health. The more frequency compromises, the more imbalance our system, and the more likely we are to become ill. Nature, in its truest form, holds the ultimate balanced frequency. This is the principle behind all shamanic healing modalities. The shaman uses the balance inherent in nature to recalibrate their patient, restoring stability and health. In ancient times, people lived on and with the earth. Water came from the stream food from the natural environment, in exactly the same form that nature created it. The ancients were active, walking on the earth, not concrete, breathing unpolluted air. They slept when it was dark and rose with the sun. In the rare instances one became ill, they would immediately seek out the medicine person or shaman for a frequency correction. Often, the shaman would come live with a person in their family and environment to ascertain where the imbalances originated. The entire individual was taken into account. 
not only physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects, but familiar and tribal relationships as well. It was universally believed that if one member of the family or tribe was ill, the entire community was ill also. Once the cause of the imbalance was revealed, it was corrected. Then the healer would recalibrate the patient through ritual and earth connection. Due to the natural lifestyles of indigenous peoples, frequency corrections were usually minor and easily achieved. Until Europeans came to the Americas, bringing imbalanced lifestyles and the accompanying disease, many native tribes reportedly had seniors over 150 years of age. These amazing elders were active participants in society and greatly revered. Somewhere along the line, we decided we could improve our environment. Instead of letting our bodies adjust to the length of day, we added artificial light and daylight savings time. Rather than letting our bodies shift with the seasons, we keep our dwellings at 70 degrees Fahrenheit year-round. In place of eating what's grown locally in season, which is balanced to our longitude and latitude, we ship genetically modified, irradiated, chemical preservative-ridden food across the globe. Every thought, intent, belief, emotion, and denial alters our frequency. This alteration of harmonics has a marked effect on our environment. Our frequency dictates the law of attraction and repulsion at the quantum level of our lives. What we believe, think, or intend affects our experience in everything from physical health to the ability to manifest. Indigenous peoples obtained their knowledge and concept of truth through observance of the natural world. This furthered their attunement with the natural order and the balance found therein. Unfortunately, modern societies no longer maintain an earth connection. Our concept of truth and reality is spoon-fed to us by media rather than the observance of the natural world. Modern lifestyle has grossly compromised our frequency and therefore our health. We become so imbalanced that we need more powerful corrections in the form of pharmaceuticals and surgery. While these treatments are indeed necessary and do save lives, they create imbalances of their own. The medical system can only do so much. It's past time we took responsibility for our personal frequency, making corrections from within as well as treating from without. It's time to find and engage our healer within. Our guest this hour is Robbie Holtz, an internationally respected speaker and practitioner of intuitively guided self-healing. She's the author of the award-winning books, Secret of Aboriginal Healing and Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Robbie, and together we'll explore the hidden energetic aspects of illness and ancient methods of accessing the healer within, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic, www.thescienceofmagic.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. 
Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers a certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th, Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Robbie Holtz, author of the winning books, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing and Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. Using Australian Aboriginal principles, she healed herself of hepatitis C, fibromyalgia, and treatment-induced brain damage. Robbie has also participated in ceremonies with Aboriginal tribeswomen in the Australian outback. She's passionately committed to help people worldwide activate their inner healer. Her website, www.holtzwellness.com. Robbie, thank you for joining us on the Science of Magic. Oh, it's my pleasure, Gwil. Well, it's so so fun to have you back. Um, what is intuitively guided self-healing? <laughs> it's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, well, I've been doing this for quite a while, and someone recently came up with that phrase, and I realized that's exactly what I do. I help people recognize how to heal themselves by intuitively following the guidance within. We all have that inner knowing on how to get better. We just need to learn how to tap into that. So how, how did you become a practitioner? Well, kicking and screaming, to be honest with you, I, I had a different career in mind, and apparently um, when I, I almost died twice, I uh, delivered my son back in 85 and contracted hepatitis C, which the hepatitis almost killed me, and then the experimental treatments that they put me on almost killed me. So I was in really bad shape. I couldn't get out of bed for about nine months, and uh my future looked very bleak, and I was determined to survive And because I had this little boy that I wanted to raise, among other things. So I discovered how to heal myself um, and discovered that there's all kinds of answers out there just because Western medicine doesn't have an answer for you. And that put me passionately on this path of waking people up to taking their power back and recognize how to heal themselves, that their body innately wants to heal, it's trying to heal, but quite often we're unconsciously blocking that healing. So that's what I'm doing, Gwilda, is just um, putting this knowledge out there around the world, what we've been doing to create disease and how to turn it around. Mm. I, I understand you work with the Aboriginal shamanic principles in this process. Uh, the Aboriginal people have some pretty interesting insights about the source of disease. Would you go into this a little bit for us? Sure. Well, the, the Outback Aboriginal people are the oldest continuous culture on the planet. They're at least 60,000 years old. So 60,000 years of wisdom um, that has been passed down uh, by mouth generation to generation. And the more I recognize what they're doing, the more I realize they really understand how healing works. In fact, that's why they gave their healing secrets to us, is because they said we civilized tribes didn't really understand how healing worked, and so they gave us information. And I'm finding that science is kind of slowly picking up on what they've been doing for over 60,000 years. They, uh, they understand that it's a body-mind-spirit connection, that it's um, the body the emotions and the soul are all equally involved in healing. And they, if they're all aligned, all three of those, uh, 
anything can be healed. It doesn't matter what it is. So how, how does that relate to frequency? You know, I love, Gwilda, that you talked about that. I thought you gave so much powerful information, and it was so knowledgeable right off the bat. Uh, very, very well done. It's about, because most people don't recognize it is about frequency. Uh, when we have thir- certain thoughts like fear-based, uh, stress, negative, uh, anger, resentment, guilt is a very toxic emotion for the body, those are very low frequency. And they create a different kind of cell that's very disfigured, it's not very uh, effective, and it's a low frequency, and that low frequency creates a perfect swampy breeding ground to create disease. And if you have more love-based emotions, uh, gratitude, gratitude is fabulous for creating healing in the body, Um, patience, love, joy, that creates a higher frequency, and it's very difficult, if not impossible, for disease to sustain in a high frequency. So people don't recognize that it's not, it's more than what you're feeding yourself or that you're getting great water. Those are good, but it's also about what are you feeding yourself emotionally. That's a big part of where people are getting hung up because they're feeding themselves emotions that are creating different cells that create a different frequency. Mm. So this brings to, to a question to my mind. Um, how about the emotions being projected on us uh, from the people in our environment? Does that have an effect? Absolutely, absolutely. So it not only affects you, well, your, your emotions affect your body, and it goes out and affects other people. We are obviously affected by others around us. And so I think everybody's experienced being around some people they're just toxic. You can feel it, they're, they, and it affects you immediately. Or you can walk into a room and feel the energy there, uh, whether it's good or it's not good. And this is where people need to pay attention to what kind of frequency am I creating and also emitting, and what am I exposed to. And sometimes out of you know self-love, you have to set up boundaries with certain people that are harmful to you. That's amazing, isn't it? Because sometimes we have people projecting ourselves as well as others, projecting negative emotions outward, which compromises our environment. But sometimes I've also noticed that uh, if you're around people that are very self-centered, it's like they suck all the power out of the room. And it's like I feel my, my, uh, my energy level dropping. Have you seen that as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we've all know people that we've been exposed to that have done that to us. And the other thing to remember is when you're a high frequency um, you know, you're in a lot of love, you're in a lot of gratitude, you're at a, operating at a higher frequency, you're like a tuning fork for other people. So when other people are around you, you are tuning them up to a higher frequency as well. And uh, it, that's also a beautiful gift, not just to yourself, but to other people as well, to be raising them up. And when you're up in these higher frequencies, Gwilda, it's so much easier to feel at peace and in acceptance um, to to feel gratitude and to notice the blessings in our lives. But when you're in these lower frequencies, it's easy to get dragged into depression, uh, resentment, anger. Um, it, it, it really does have an effect on you, and people don't understand, well, why do I feel this way? Well, that's where you have to start being more conscious of what, what you're operating in. That's so true. Um, Robbie, how did you use Australian Aboriginal principles to heal yourself of hepatitis C, fibromyalgia, and uh, brain damage? You don't sound very brain damaged to me. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you, if you'd have known me years ago, I, I mean, the, by the time the um, doctors had tried everything they could to help me with this hepatitis, which was killing me, the experimental drugs left me in much worse shape. This This was new to them. They didn't really you know, have an answer um, for me. And it got to the point where I was on that drug, that particular cocktail of drugs, longer than anybody on the planet um, because I didn't know any better. And I managed to survive for five years what most people could only tolerate for three months. But it left me in really bad shape. I couldn't figure out, does the tag in your pants go in the front or the back? Simple things like, how do I get the water out of the tap? Or... My favorite, Gwilda, is I couldn't figure out how to keep the toothpaste in the tube, and then I had an aha moment. Oh, that cap, that's what keeps it in the tube. It's just little <laughs> stuff like that, you know, that we take for granted. But it's a, it's a matter of using the, the Aboriginal principles. They have five steps, 
And they use those five steps, not just for healing, but they use it for everything. And we talk about that in Secrets of Aboriginal Healing. It's, it's, you, you have to, first of all, have a, well, their first step is willingness. Are you willing to get better? Because some people have secondary gain. You know, there's reasons they don't want to get better. Maybe they don't want to be responsible, go back to work, or that's their identity. And I was definitely willing to do what it took to get better. Uh, I wanted to survive. I didn't think I would make it much longer, which I wouldn't have if I hadn't discovered this. And then the second step is awareness. And this is a big one, Well, that people need to become aware of what, what are the mindsets, what are the thought patterns that have been creating this. And for me, I was raised Catholic, and we are excellent at guilt. Um, trained from day one on guilt, which is the most, one of the most toxic uh, emotions for the body, very, very low vibration frequency. And so I needed to recognize that I felt guilty taking time for myself, taking time to exercise, taking time to get quiet and meditate, and I had to get rid of that mindset. It, it's, uh, um, one of the things that I love about the Aboriginal principles is they tell us if you don't get to the emotional root, the core of this disease, it, it's like picking the top of a dandelion. It'll come right back again. And for most people, what's holding them back from healing is the emotional core. They still have these thoughts and emotions that are creating it. And let me just explain it this way. We have these emotions, and it creates a different kind of cell. And Dr. Emoto's science experiments showed us that those look very disfigured. They're not very efficient cells. If you keep creating those kind of thoughts that create those kind of cells, it's like a dashboard on a car starting to blink, warning you you could be creating a problem. And if you keep doing this, keep having these thoughts and, and emotions, now that light on the dashboard is lit up all the time, and you have a physical problem now. It's called diabetes, it's called cancer, it's called Hashimoto's, an autoimmune disease. So this is where we want to go back, like the Aboriginal people taught us, go back and figure out what was the emotional core that started it, because the physical, the disease, are simply symptoms that are the uh, result of this thinking. Whoa, so it's a combination between emotions and thinking? Absolutely, because the consistent thoughts that you have are going to create your body. And so you have to pay attention to, am I creating high vibrational, high frequency emotions and thoughts like love and patience and kindness, or am I immersed, which we typically are in this culture, am I quite often, and a lot of it unconsciously, creating thoughts that are a low frequency, um, that are very low vibration, that are very uh, inefficient for the body, like uh, stress, uh, fear, anxiety, that's going on in a lot of us, and we don't realize it, and the body just can't thrive. In fact, what's happening is that the body is crumbling under these emotional um, thoughts. It cannot handle this stuff anymore, and so that's when it's just sort of breaks out into a disease or something else. Your weakest link, so to speak, will happen because it just can't handle that kind of toxic environment that we're creating. By weakest link, do you mean genetic predisposition or environmental yeah. uh, impact? Exactly, exactly. You're so darn smart, Wilda. I'm telling you, I'm in, so impressed. Flattery will get in the beginning. Yeah, so for instance, we tend to hold the emotion of grief in our chest area. That Everybody does. And if you're constantly creating grief and you're not releasing it, then you're creating a blockage of energy in that area. You're slowing down the chakras, and you're creating an unhealthy environment in the chest area. Now, if you have a, a history, a family history of breast cancer or heart disease, you've really got to be paying attention to that because that's okay, where it's Okay, gotcha. I, we're going to have to take a quick break and pick up with this on the other side. Robbie and I will return to our discussion after this short break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Previous broadcasts of thought-provoking episodes can always be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. We will be back, so don't you go away.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming, 24-7, 365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Robbie Holtz, author of the award-winning books, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing and Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. Robbie, we were talking about how um, unprocessed emotion and unprocessed uh, belief systems, if you will, take up residence in the body. And there was uh, some work that was done. I'm trying to remember who did it. I think it was... Um, um, Louise Hay, the, the work about how different parts of your body where different uh, emotions and whatnot take up residence. This is kind of what you're talking about combined with um, genetic predisposition? Exactly, exactly. It's pretty predictable. Um, and she was the pioneer, I think, in that. 
for instance, if you have a lot of fear and anxiety, that's throughout the whole system. That's typically what's behind an autoimmune disease, which is system-wide. Uh, it's just fascinating how uh, people will come to me. I do a lot of consultations with people and help them understand what's creating it and how to turn it around. And it's just textbook, you know, uh, what they have problems with is exactly what you would typically expect to see with the kind of emotions that they have. Um, it's, it's fascinating how we tend to hold energies and emotions, uh, certain emotions in certain parts of the body. So it, it's, it kind of shines a whole new light on the hype and hysteria and politics and everything else that we're spoon-fed through the media right now. Absolutely, and I think that this is what we. This is why the Aboriginal people so generously gave us this information: is that we're missing the boat on the main problem with most people with their diseases. That it's the emotional component. Um, they're they're sort of the we're going family style deal because I want a bite of your Big Mac and I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your fillet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Western medicine tends to focus on the physical. That's just a, a symptom. It's the emotions that started it. It's the emotions that are the root. Not every time, but quite often. And it's the emotions that aren't on board that are creating that blockage and stopping the healing from happening um, totally happening because if you keep doing this this is why i think everybody knows people who have had cancerous tumors removed and the cancer comes right back again because they're not addressing what started it in the first place so So basically we're expecting western medicine to take care of the whole enchilada when it's our lifestyle they can't hope to change Exactly, exactly. And as long as Western medicine is continuing to, and, and I'm not negating Western medicine, if you need the pharmaceuticals or the surgery and that's what you've got to have, then by all means, it's, it can be a gift to you. But the part that they're missing is the emotional component. And also, the soul plays a part in this. Um, you know, it's not uncommon to see children or babies come in with something, and that's part of their soul's journey. We talk about this in, in the book, um, Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening, that my late husband was a, an amazing healer, Gary, Dr. Gary Holtz, and he would quite often have these parents bring us children and babies that he they wanted him to heal. And the first thing he has to ask is, is it, in, is it okay to do this? And if it's the soul's intention for this child to experience this uh, for a lifetime or whatever, then it's not okay to, to try to um, intervene. And, and the same thing with people. Sometimes at the end stages, we will have something like cancer or whatever because the soul is not aligned with healing it because it's time for that person to depart the body. And it's easier to let go of this lifetime and your loved ones if you have something that's very painful. So the soul plays a part in it. But for the most part, the part that people are missing with the healing is the emotional aspects. Um, speaking of your husband, Gary, he traveled to a remote Aboriginal village in the hope that the healers there could reverse his multiple sclerosis. Can you tell us about his experience and the effects there? Yeah, that was a pretty remarkable um, event. Gary was a physicist. He was an inventor. He had many patents, and he was a very much black-and-white scientist. But he ended up with multiple sclerosis. Again, he had numbed himself emotionally to the point where he numbed himself physically. He was so angry at his father, who had been an abusive alcoholic. And so Western science told him that he didn't have much. He actually had about six months left to live, and he was desperate to find answers. And so this scientist 
found himself going into the outback because he was he understood that they had remarkable healing abilities in fact when he contacted the tribe one of them had a, a, an apartment in brisbane the rest of them were totally remote they already knew he was coming they had known for four months that he would be there and he just had learned about them the night before so he uh-huh. knew there was something remarkable about these guys and he went out into the outback as this scientist thinking this is absolutely crazy but i'm just so desperate to survive for my children He went as a quadriplegic. He had very little feeling and movement from the neck down. He went in in a wheelchair by himself. He's he's a triple Scorpio, so that'll tell you something. (laughs) Um, Nobody would go with him. But he went into the outback, and 10 days later, he had feeling in his body, which he hadn't had in seven years, and he was able to clumsily walk on that airplane aisle, supporting himself on the seats, which was very remarkable. And what was fascinating is that the aboriginal people knew he was coming they knew they were to give their healing secrets to him because he would take it out into the world he was a highly respected physicist who worked all over the world and he brought back this information and we put it together in this uh, book that's now in over 40 countries and it's doing very well because people recognize the truth of this healing from the aboriginals so it was like preordained and they knew that this was the man that was to carry it is that correct Absolutely, absolutely. It was part of his soul's intention that um, he would get this information out and get it to people. And and I think what's even more fascinating is when he came back from the outback, he became an amazing healer. He, he had no idea. He was very gifted healer. And we talk about all the fascinating stories of uh, when he came back from the outback in the Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening, because to me that's when it gets really interesting, when he starts realizing the things he can do, which are very much like what the Aboriginal people can do. They're telepathic. They, have, they can have remote, remote viewing, remote healing. Um, it, it was just fascinating living with this man and watching his gifts develop over, it just ex, expand tremendously over time. You know, that sounds very much like what I would call an attunement um, or an upgrade. And shamanically speaking, a lot of my teachers have given me an attunement or an upgrade because they're carrying a particular frequency. And once I'm exposed to that frequency, I start to shed the frequencies that are opposed to my abilities. And pretty soon I start shifting and changing and developing new skills. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. You put that very well, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty he amazing. Um, so would you speak on, to modern it, society's disconnection from the natural world and how it's impacting us as individuals and a society? Well, you know, this is what the Aboriginal people will tell us. Their, their wisdom is so beautiful because they've never lost that connection. They have always maintained that connection with nature. And they'll tell you that when we started speaking out loud, that's when we lost our connection to nature. They, and I would agree with them. The Aboriginal people believe that speaking out loud is very primitive. Uh, it's very chaotic. And we just miss so much. I love, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, Wilder, where you've been around indigenous cultures that are very advanced. And they all say the same thing. They're coming from all over the world, whether it's Peru or Australia or Canada. They all hear the trees singing to us. And they can hear the mountains speaking to each other. This is so beautiful. And we lost that by speaking out loud and not being telepathic. And we all have that ability. We're born with it. But if you don't use it, by the time you're five or seven, I think, it, five years old, we just sort of lose it. It's like a muscle that's not being used. Mm-hmm. Do you see this disconnect affecting the earth as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think that the Aboriginal people are so connected to the earth and and they have, um, like I said, always maintained that connection. They have the deepest respect for for Gaia. They they honor and love the planet. They are probably original environmentalists, if you will. They also honor their ancestors, but they're so connected to the earth and they have such love. And when I had the opportunity to do ceremonies with the Aboriginal women in the outback, I did not realize we were doing an attunement then as well and that we kept raising our frequency higher and higher. And in these ceremonies, you know how we know we're all one? Every, you just sort of intellectually know that. But in these ceremonies, I was able to feel that. I was able to feel how we were all one, just different facets of it. But even more beautiful than that, and I talk about this in the um, 
Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening book, how we had this ceremony where one time during the ceremony, I could feel the love for Mother Earth. It was so strong and passionate. We are her children. I could feel that love, and it just brought you to tears. And this is what uh, these indigenous cultures that are very connected, like the Aboriginal people, they feel that all the time. They know that, and they feel it, and this is why they live the way they do. So um, how do you think, we have a little time here on this segment, how do you think we can use that uh, earth connection to heal? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, You know, everything is, I think that when you start realizing that your body wants to heal, it's a part of earth. Everything, it knows how to heal itself, just like a tree, you know, if you cut a limb, it will know how to move around that and, and Nature inherently wants to go back into order. It just does. And the the body is the same way. It it naturally wants to go back into order. And it will do that if you allow it. And this is where you have to pay attention to where am I blocking that this body cannot innately heal like it wants to do. Um, This is is where you can go in to that inner knowledge, tap into that intelligence within us, that knowing that will tell you if you get quiet and listen, it'll guide you onto how to go back to the healing, what to do to naturally let that body uh, heal. It, it is amazing, isn't it? Because if you're standing in nature and it's holding the absolute perfect balance within itself, anything in you that's out of balance starts to become more obvious, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Well put, yes. So by by exposing ourselves to the natural world, we're starting to be able to become conscious, more conscious, more physically conscious? Yes, right, because we've created this, like you said in the beginning of this um, show, you know, we, we, we're just so disconnected, we, and we're living in this environment, we don't realize the, how toxic... Uh, some of these thoughts have become these emotions. That, you know, that's another thing that the Aboriginal people have taught us is that we're, there are some emotions we're afraid of. We don't want to go near them. We deny them. We suppress them. And the Aboriginal people are about feel it. It's, there's nothing wrong with that emotion. Feel it, but then let it pass. You don't have to engage with it and play with it, but certainly let it um, feel that emotion and then let it go. They're They're very big on... You know, everything has a purpose to it. Everything has a reason behind it. We just have to see the bigger picture. And it's about recognizing there's nothing wrong with being annoyed or being angry. It all serves a purpose. It's just about that balance, again, that you talked about. Is it, is it a healthy balance to be angry or annoyed all the time? That's the key. And to take responsibility for it. But if we deny it and resist it, what we resist persists, Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. And your body does not lie. Your body will tell you where you're out of balance and what you're <laughs> The doggone thing. Robbie, we're going to have yeah, to take another break. Yeah, I know, break. I know. It does Ro- not lie to you. The mind is a different story. Yeah. Robbie and I will be back on the flip side of this commercial break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. You can always listen to previous transformative broadcasts on our website, complimentary to you, www.thescienceofmagic.net. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. 
my goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, 
how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and one of those gifted people is our guest this hour, Robbie Holtz. She's the author of the award-winning books, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing and Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. Robbie, it occurs to me that we can't go on much longer as we have been, and obviously we can't go back to a totally Earth-based tribal existence unless something greatly reduces the population. So do you see a third option, and do the Aboriginals have any advice on this? Well, I think the third option is that people are waking up, and it's very quietly happening all over the planet. Um, it's, we're becoming more conscious, more aware, and especially the ones that are coming in, oh my goodness, they're so advanced and so awake. Yeah. I, I don't know if um, you, you're probably aware of the 100 monkey theory. Yes, you know, I am. Where Okay, well, we'll just describe it briefly for the listeners. Uh, There were scientists on an island that noted that um, we were doing, the United States was doing some nuclear testing on an island, and one of the monkeys, a female monkey, started washing her food of this toxic waste, and the other monkeys started observing her and started doing the same thing. And the scientists noted that when 100 monkeys on that island were doing the same thing, other monkeys across the world on other remote islands and other places were doing the same thing as well because it became part of their unified field, their one consciousness, so to speak. And I think that what's happening on the planet is that we are becoming more awake, we're becoming more enlightened, more conscious, more respectful and loving the, the earth, and that that hundred monkey theory is in place, that when we reach a tipping point, it will just be part of the consciousness of others. So I think that's what's quietly going on, and that's why I feel tremendous hope. And I know that it's about what am I adding, and we talked about frequency, and you know, it's so important to be adding energy of hope and love and gratitude to the planet, not more fear. We don't need more of that, um, not more despair. We're here to make a difference, and that's a very positive, strong thing we can do. That's wonderful. Um, Do you think we need to modify the Aboriginal healing methods to compensate for our current level of disconnection from ourselves and the planet? You know, that's a great question. I think that those those Aboriginal principles have been set in place for a very, very long time because they work, and they can be adaptable to any lifestyle, any generation, and this is why it's doing so well across the planet. I mean, it was just recently published in Slovenian. Um, it, it just it 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 feels like truth, and it it can work. Um, I, I really highly recommend it, not just for healing, but for your life. This is what the Aboriginals base. These are the five principles that they use in every aspect of life, and I think it will make a huge difference. You know, I, I'm so glad you said that because it seems like a lot of the New Age culture is taking a little bit from here, a little bit from there, modifying it as they like, naming it after themselves, <laughs> and it's yeah. polluting the the true power of the forms. Yes, it's withstood the test of time, yes, and it's very yeah. generous of them to be giving this information to us, but they know we were so lost that this is why they uh, beautifully gave their secrets to the white man, so to speak. <laughs> and ask us to take it out. Mm. Um, before we run out of time, Robbie, where can people find your books and services? Well, they can go to holeswellness.com. That's H-O-L-Z as in zebra. Uh, I do one-hour sessions with people to help them understand and help them heal. And the books are all over the place. Every I love to support the little bookstores first. Um, but, you know, they both won awards because they're both really – informative and I think fascinating, especially the awakening, the stories, oh my goodness, uh, when Gary came back from the outback and discovered he was a healer. There's a lot to gain from listening, from reading about other people's stories of healing. Well, that's the way of teaching in the Aboriginal way and in the shamanic way, isn't it? It's the stories. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the stories, isn't it? It always has been, yeah. yeah. That's why we deliberately so, did that. How, yeah. 
I'm sorry. How can we activate our inner healer? You, it's that, it comes back to that guided intuitively. Listen to your intuition. Pay attention. Does it feel right or does it not feel right? People will tell me that what sometimes these chemotherapies, it just didn't feel right. Listen to that. Your body is telling you, it's guiding you with your intuition. What feels right to you? Got it. It's there. The answers are there. Which, which leaves me the, with the question of how can we responsibly blend Western medicine and the aboriginal concept of healing? Well, they complement each other. Um, you know, that's the, that's the beauty of this. You can still do whatever you're doing, but using the aboriginal principles will help you heal faster. But, they'll, but importantly, well, they will help you sustain that healing so it doesn't come back again. So they do blend. It's about recognizing that a focused mind is one of the most powerful things on the planet. We need to learn how to use that mind in a powerful way and take the action that feels right. Well, isn't that what makes all the difference between people that have terminal diseases that put them into remission and go on, you know, from there on just fine, and those that succumb? Right, right. I shouldn't have survived, to be honest. And if I had not done what I did, I I would not have made it. I just decided to take the power in my own hands. And even though Western medicine said there's nothing for you, and the same thing with Gary, rather than than just believing that he was going to die in six months, which he would have, he took his power back. And that's one of the things the aboriginals teach. That's number four, empowerment. And start. that's when I discovered, well, that there's all kinds of answers out there and that we need to take that power back in our own hands. It's more than just what the pharmaceutical companies have to offer us. Well, exactly. It's again, like you know, my my teacher showed me that you you go they go live with the the tribe and the family with the members of the tribe in their family to start seeing where all the imbalances are coming in when they're ill, because they figure that the illness is universal, you know, within the whole tribe if one person's sick. And if we view that uh, in our society today, we might have a little different approach to a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. I thought that was very well put when you said that initially. People don't even think about that, but that's so true. Yes. Yeah. So the Aboriginal people clearly understood the power of the mind, beliefs, and intent. Would you share some of this with us? Well, you know, exactly. The Aboriginal people will tell you, the remote ones, the ones that we were experiencing, will tell you that we civilized tribes don't really know how to use our minds. We're just so unconsciously creating things. The mind is so powerful. We are profound our thoughts profoundly affect creation and the aborigines are very well aware of this and this is where they are consciously creating and using that mind in a powerful way uh, rather than just um, not even recognizing what they're creating they're very very big on recognizing what the mind can do it's astonishing what they can do because they know how to use that mind they don't really in the desert they don't have the you know, they can go into these deep meditations or dream times or whatever and access tremendous things. You know, so so given that, what part do you think our uh, preoccupation with electronics and media plays in programming our thoughts and beliefs rather than us yeah. using our mind? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's definitely dumbing us down. I, I, I hate to use that term, but I think that it's really – we're – you know, I have a, a, a young grandson, and I know that they're very careful about the electronics they expose him to because of the brain development that this one-and-a-half-year-old is at. It, it's just so clear to keep him away from that initially while his brain is developing because it's this constant flashing and this quickening light that we're exposing ourselves to that affect the brain. And so, it, it's it, again, it, it always keeps coming back to that word balance again, doesn't it? It's about balance. And I think that the more I go on this path, and I would imagine you're the same way, Gwilda, I keep getting, my goal is to get quieter and more present and to let go of a lot of this stuff. It's just distraction that doesn't really feed me anything useful in the, in the, long, in the big picture. So it's about getting more present and more conscious, more aware, more still. And uh, the electronic stuff will take you into these lower frequencies. It will lower your frequency, absolutely kind of takes you into the common denominator frequency and if we're looking out there right now that's not real high is it no no but there are many here who are helping to change that and uh, your program helps do that as well it, it wakes people up and helps them recognize 
uh, what choices do I want to make here? Yeah, that's exactly why I'm here doing what I'm doing. So, Robbie, yeah, uh, you do where, thank you. Where, where does gratitude play in here? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Gratitude is, it has a fabulous healing response throughout the whole body. If you paid attention to when you were really grateful, you feel it throughout your whole system. And gratitude will raise your frequency, your vibration. And it just has a beautiful response on the body. And also, the more you're grateful, the more it can come back to you. I mean, there's just that universal law, I guess, that, you know, if you're grateful for something, you bring it back to you. It's that energy that you're emitting. It, that like attracts like. So there is, no matter what's going on, you can always find something to be grateful for, always. And if we can't be grateful for a th- thing, we can't let it in and, and let it move, can we? Right, right. And there is always a blessing. And I think that if people understand that we're souls here, currently embodied in physical form, but the name of the game is soul growth. This is like a university for souls to really master things and learn and make huge leaps. So that some of the most challenging things are the biggest leaps for you. And there, there's something that to be grateful for there. Yeah. Thank you. Robbie, it, we're out of time, but I can't thank you enough for coming back and visiting us. And hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. Oh, I'd love to. Thanks, Gwilda. It's been a real Uh pleasure. Our guest this hour has been Robbie Holtz, author of the award-winning book, Secrets of the Aboriginal Healing and Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. Her website, www.holtzwellness.com. This has been The Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you engage your healer within.